Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King. And we're going against the spread in this week's college and pro football cards. As it's a week away from Thanksgiving, that means the NFL is well into the second half of the season. College football winds its way down as we get closer and closer to the college football ultimate playoff pairings. And with that, I'm going to welcome our co-host Victor King in from King Creole Sports. Victor, how's everything going for you in the world of football these days? Fantastic. A uh, hot period of the season, that's for sure, in college football. You know, this two-week period, the week prior to Thanksgiving and the week during Thanksgiving, uh, a very crucial two-week period, of course, some big changes in the college football rankings. And uh, you had a nice call with your Mississippi State play. That was almost an outright underdog winner, that four-star best bet on Saturday against Alabama. But again, some uh, big changes at the top in college football. There were some changes at the top in the rankings. Uh, last Saturday was probably one of those WTF, what I what in the world <laughs> of football is going on? Uh, in fact, we came this close an inch away, Victor. I mean, I'm saying an inch away, just using that literally, uh, that we saw that maybe perhaps the number one, number two, and number three teams all go down on the same wow. day in the world of college football. It had been January 1st of 1966, the last time that incident happened. Obviously, all bowl games back then, New Year's Day bowl games, when the top three teams all fell on the same day. And uh, just a note I had gotten from one of my uh, friends that uh, he had played a parlay, a money line parlay on the number one, the number two, and the number three teams in college football. He faded all three of them in a money line parlay. He put up a risk $100 to win $5,400 on that number one, number two, and number three parlay. And Mississippi State (laughs) was right there at the end. Uh, You have the final score in the game with 25 seconds to go in the contest. And uh, otherwise, uh, he would have hit a lottery ticket, to say the least, as number one, number two, and number three all very nearly fell in the world of college football last week. And because of it, Victor, there's a little bit of a shakeup in the polls this week. And lo and behold, what do we find? We find in the new poll rankings, the number four ranked team is none other than the Clemson Tigers, the defending national champions, who inched their way ahead of Miami of Florida. And there's some thought maybe down here, at least in South Florida, that it's unjust. I can understand a little bit of the thinking behind the committee's uh, slotting Clemson as number two, a one-loss team against the undefeated Miami Hurricanes, and that maybe the the logic is that uh, the strength of schedule that they, who they knocked off in the month of September, those three top five-ranked teams, goes a long, long way towards I guess slotting these teams. But your take, Victor, on what you saw in the college football poll rankings this week? You know, if there's any controversy amongst those top four, that is probably it for sure. But the Tigers are winning, but not with much dominance these days. The passing game has been unspectacular for for a couple of weeks now, averaging fewer than 200 yards per game. Uh, The fact that they've gotten as far as they can, it's 
a testament to the winning culture that they've built in the last few years. Of course, uh, Miami, this is one of the biggest wins anybody has had all season. The hot item down here in South Florida is everybody wants a turnover chain. And it basically was a no doubter from the start against uh, Notre Dame. Complete domination, a dynamic, uh, disruptive defense. But they've got this evolving power rush game offensively. Kind of surprising, considering their number one guy was lost, what, in week three of the season, Mark Walton. They pummeled Virginia Tech and Notre Dame the past two games for a combined 447 yards per game on the ground for the Miami Hurricanes. Again, uh, the fans down here in South Florida, they're ecstatic to see Miami in the top four in addition to Alabama, Clemson, and Oklahoma. What we do know, though, is that the rankings will still change here before we get into the bowl season. One slot for sure, of course, assuming Clemson and Miami play for the ACC championship and that the loser of that game will probably fall out of the Final Four. But Alabama doesn't have a cakewalk. Well, they do this week against Mercer, but they're going to be on the road against Auburn. That's going to be key. An Alabama team that had their closest brush with defeat this last Saturday. But they have a massive injuries on the defensive side of the ball, particularly in the linebacker core for Alabama. And then, of course, the number four team, Oklahoma. Pretty easy game this week against Kansas. They finished the year against West Virginia. They'll be in the Big 12 championship game. It might be TCU. I think it's going to be against Oklahoma State. But uh, we're going to lose one team for sure in the top four, and it very well might be more than one. It might well be more than one, Victor. We saw it uh, last week with what they called Shake Up Saturday in the world of college football. And I think there's more shakeups to be seen down the road before we get to that final four pairing in college football. Number five, undefeated Wisconsin out of the Big Ten Conference. They've got their hands full this week with Michigan mm-hmm. in a Big Ten battle. Michigan finally cracked their way into the top 25 in the poll rankings at number 24 this particular week. They've only got two losses in the season this year due to the Wolverines, but uh, they obviously had not played that much of a strength of schedule type football team. This would be a big win in Michigan's hat, but even if they were to win out, I don't think they'd make it to the college football playoffs just because of the timing of the losses. Number six, Auburn. Number seven, Georgia. Number eight, Notre Dame. Number nine, Ohio State. And rounding it out, number 10, Penn State in the college football playoff poll rankings this week. And talking about shakeups, Victor, we're also seeing in the world of college football some college football head coaches that are rumored to be making moves uh, right. maybe a little a little bit before the season begins. Uh, the rumors are really rampant running out there. And in the USA Today, we record this podcast on Wednesdays. There was a featured article about Jimbo Fisher at Florida State rumored that Texas A&M is going to make a big push at him. We've got other major coaches also, I think, in line for some big coaching jobs. Your take, Victor, on what you might see in the world of college football coaching as far as shakeups are concerned. Right, that Jimbo Fisher news with A&M, that's the big news as we record the podcast here on Wednesday. Of course, uh, we know he has a very good relationship with A&M Athletic Director Scott Woodward, and it doesn't, uh, it doesn't hurt that this horrible season the Seminoles are having could definitely be a factor in him potentially leaving the team. I know that LSU courted him in each of the last two years, and of course, he stayed there at Florida State, but... There is certainly a carousel going on in terms of college football. Numerous high-profile openings, that's for sure. One, again, down here in the Sunshine State with the Florida Gators with Jim McElwain out. 
and there's been a a plethora of uh, potential names thrown out down here, anywhere from Chip Kelly. It's Chip Kelly's job to lose, basically, if he wants it down here in Florida. you got Central Florida Scott Frost. He is a hot ticket item, that is for sure, with what he's done for that 9-0 Central Florida team. Of course, uh, his ties to Nebraska have him potentially number one there, but uh, he's a guy that's also been linked to the Florida job. In addition to... Uh, fellow SEC coach Dan Mullen of Mississippi State, uh, they're thinking that or, uh, Willie Taggart may want to come back down to the Sunshine State out of Oregon and uh, coach the uh, Florida Gators team as well. South Florida's Charlie Strong is another guy whose name has been thrown out there as well. But again, the recent report is that uh, if Chip Kelly wants it, he can potentially get the Florida job, and there's a, a Tennessee opening for sure. We talked about Butch Jones all season long. And that 50-17 to 17 loss to Missouri was the final blow. And, folks, John Gruden's not going to Tennessee. That is for sure. But, again, <laughs> that short list of names, Chip Kelly, Dan Mullen, even Louisville's Bobby Petrino, Scott Frost, even Oklahoma State Mike Gundy, uh, again, that short list uh, could head to the SEC territory. Uh, one more coach I want to mention is Gary Anderson, of Oregon State. We talked about him earlier in the season. Of course, they mutually parted ways there after that one and five start. And interim head coach Corey Hall has injected new life into that Oregon State team. And yes, there'll be an opening there in addition to uh, Ole Miss, in addition to UTEP. But uh, in terms of uh, coaching changes, it's a hot time in the Sunshine State. It is, especially the Southeast Conference, where <clears throat> there looks to be uh, numerous coaching changes that are going to happen. I'm going to throw one more name into the barrel here, Victor, before we switch over to the NFL side of things on our opening overview of the football card this week. And uh, that would be the Hatter, the Mad Hatter, Les Miles, who has met with a lot of success in uh, with LSU. Uh, and he was rumored to be a Michigan head coach before they hired Jim Harbaugh. So don't be surprised if you see Les Miles surfacing somewhere in the college football coach talks between now and the first of next year as well. I'm sure he would do bring a lot of impetus and a lot of momentum and a lot of spark to a college football program that might need it. So put his name in the hat as well. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show with that Victor. Let's move over to the NFL side of things where uh, we'll review what things have happened here the last four weeks as far as favorites have gone in the National Football League. They continue to keep knocking down the numbers. And a segment that I like to do here at this time of the year is what we call the playoff picture. Teams that if the playoffs were to begin this week, what would he find in the National Football League? Well, these are the way the seedings would shake out, guys, if the National Football League playoffs were to start this week. In the NFC side of things, number one seed would be the red-hot, high-flying Philadelphia Eagles, followed by Minnesota number two. New Orleans, number three, the L.A. Rams, number four, the Carolina Panthers, five, and the Seattle Seahawks, six. Those would be your six teams in the NFC playoffs. On the AFC side of things, the number one seed would not be the New England Patriots. In fact, it would be the Pittsburgh Steelers who will play this Thursday in a big football game when they host Tennessee. Number two is the New England Patriots. Number three, the Kansas City Chiefs. Number four, the aforementioned Tennessee Titans at number four. Number five, the upstart Jacksonville Jaguars. And number six, surprisingly, the Buffalo Bills, who, as before we went on the air today, Victor, we learned that Tyrod Taylor 
is going to be taking a seat in the pines. They're going to go with Nathan Peterman, the rookie quarterback out of Pittsburgh, despite the fact that Buffalo has a winning record and would be the number six seed in the playoffs. Your take on Tyrod Taylor losing his starting job at Buffalo, Victor. What's your feeling on that? It's a little bit of a head-scratcher, considering they are right in the mix of the playoffs, that is for sure. Uh, I know that you were a handful of the sharp handicappers out there that were on Buffalo plus the points at home last weekend against the New Orleans Saints. It was a big contest play. Uh, We were on the under in that particular game, uh, got burned. That is a big time for sure. But uh, Nathan Peterman doesn't have the elite physical traits. However, what we played two years at Pitt, he's got, uh, what, six foot two, 225. He's got a very big uh, hand size as well. And I thought he may go as high as number two in the draft, but he fell to number five in terms of the Buffalo Bills. And again, that is a little bit surprising that uh, Peterman is making the start as we head into crunch time in the NFL. And uh, also the teams that were in the playoffs last year that are now uh, looking out. You got the Miami Dolphins. You got uh, the Houston Texans. Right now, the Oakland Raiders were a playoff team. They're not slated to go into the playoffs right now. The Green Bay Packers and the Atlanta Falcons as well. So this is one of those big years in the NFL where normally you see two, maybe three teams that were in the previous year that fall out. But it's going to be many more teams than that. I think there will be, Victor. We're going to see a lot more shakeup. This continuing playoff picture is going to change. New blood almost every week as we go forward here. And uh, that's the way it's been in the National Football League playoffs. There's always Mm -hmm. teams that were there last year that don't make it. And the new guys, new kids in the block, forge their way into the playoffs. And we're going to see just that this year because it's uh, as far as talent level goes in the NFL there's not a lot of parity in the league here right now these days. Uh, one of our our good friends, a good listener who joins us in the coffee club regularly, Storman Norman, sent me a couple of emails and was talking about the lack of parity in the NFL. We're seeing so many wipeouts of these uh, football teams winning football games in decisive fashion by 20, 30, 40 points. Uh, which we're losing this parity here. And I don't know if it's the parity because of the quarterbacking, the coaching, whatever the situation is, the scheduling nuances that go on in the world of the NFL these days, playing Thursday games, London games, Mexico games. Uh, we're getting away from the fabric of the, of the, of the game itself, the national football league and what it's all about. And that's, Football on Sundays in the National Football League, and uh, it's being spread out. And I think it's being watered down, and as a result of that, we're losing some of this parity. And speaking about parity, Victor, we talked before about the favorites and how well they've done here of late. What's your tallies that you got the date as far as NFL favorites have gone this season? Well, the best weekend for the dogs in the NFL was back in Week Six. They topped out at an eleven and three ATS, and up until then, those first six weeks were heavy dog weeks in the NFL. But since then, in the last four weeks now, it's been all about the chalk in the NFL. Favorites have gone 32, 17, and 5 ATS, depending on what your closing line in the game was. A decent week for favorites last week, not quite the dominant week of the the previous three weekends in the NFL as favorites went 7, 5, and 1. But again, 32, 17, and 5 over a four-week period for the chalky teams in the NFL I'm sure we'll get a little bit of input from Andy in regards to this, but uh, for the sports books out there, it's probably been a pretty horrific four-week period for the sports books in pro football with the faves coming in with great regularity. 
and the fact that a lot of the prime time games have gone over the total. I mentioned it in this week's NFL totals tip sheet newsletter. And the primetime games, folks, they went 2-1 and one again last week. They were just three points shy of another perfect 3-0 and oh over under week. They're making a big push. They're crushing the sports books. The nationally televised night games have now gone 20-11 and 11 over under on the season. That includes 7-3 and three over under on Thursdays, 8-3 and three over under on Mondays. With the tremendous amount of points in this Dolphins-Carolina Panthers game a couple of nights ago, the Sunday games are right down the middle at 5-5 five and five over under. But the primetime overs, uh, the one thing the sportsbooks don't like, they've been hitting, hitting with great regularity, and we'll see what happens with uh, three more of those big ones this week. Looks like a big week in the world of uh, the National Football League Aspires. Totals going inside the totals tip sheet this week. Victor does a great job breaking down a rushing update about the overwhelming results mm-hmm. of teams who rush the football. And uh, there seems to be more and more teams that are running the ball, football with a lot of success these days. And that's also attributing to some over totals there. And I encourage everybody to download a copy of the totals tip sheet this week to get on board on what's happening as far as rushing goes in the National Football League to the over total in football games and that formula that you'll need to have putting that all together. You can get it inside this week's NFL totals tip sheet at playbook.com. Before we close out this segment here, one quick note here from our friend Steve Crabb, the Texas Tornado, his chip of the week play, the team playing with the largest chip on their shoulder in the National Football League, he nominates the Denver Broncos, and I have to certainly agree <laughs> every <week>. with that. <laughs> Just about every week the Denver Broncos are making an, <laughs> an appearance. But, uh, you know, there's uh, we. I'm going to go so far as a lot of listeners out there that uh, in this week's midweek alert, uh, we highlighted the Denver Broncos, and we talked about uh, – uh, you know, the fact that their defense is still intact. They've a number six ranked defense, but it's not very often you'll find this football team that'll lose back to back home games. And there's some great numbers and great stats in the Denver Broncos. It's inside the midweek alert. So if you get a chance, also, guys, download a copy of that. So we'll put the Denver Broncos down as the Texas Tornadoes nominated NFL chip on their shoulder play for this week, the Denver Broncos. Don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I, we're going to tear down our college football game of the week. We're going to hop out to the Pac-12 conference for that. We've got that and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. Hey, sports fans. Football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at mybookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. 
Have your morning coffee with Mark Lawrence each day when you join his all-new Coffee Club. Delivered in your email box the very first thing every morning, Mark shares with you his first take on the daily sports scene, ranging from top situational plays to handicapping tips and commentary from fellow Coffee Club members. It's a quick must-read for the serious sports fan. Join the Coffee Club today at playbook.com and have your morning coffee with Mark each and every day. You'll be glad you did. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread on this week's college and pro football cards. It's time for our college football game of the week. And surprisingly, this late in the month of November, there are not a lot of marquee matchups in the college football card this week. A rather sparse card, if you will, involving top-ranked teams opposing one another. With that, we opted to go to the rivalry games, the games that will start this week and continue next week, Rivalry Week Part 1 and Rivalry Week Part 2. And with that, it takes us out to the Pac-12 Conference. We've got a rivalry game when Southern Cal takes on USC in a battle of Los Angeles. Victor, your take on the Bruins and the Trojans this Saturday. Well, in terms of rivalry great games, I'm, I'm glad you chose this one. It's got shootout potential, and it could very well be the most entertaining of those rivalry games this week, uh, USC laying just over two touchdowns in the game. But in terms of the over-under, it opened at 69-and-a-half, this big Pac-12 battle. It's already gone up two full points to 71-and-a-half. I made my move and played it over at 71. If you care to join me, uh, we should. Uh, you're probably going to want to play it as soon as possible because it's going to do nothing but go up. I say that because we have two of the Best over teams in college football, UCLA, 8-2 and two over under on the season. Their average game has gone on over the total by almost double digits by 9.4 points per game, including each of their last three games and the average margin in those three, plus 11.8 points per game. USC at 7-4 and four over under on the season. Their games have been a little closer going over by only a small margin of plus 1.2 points per game. The series has been surprisingly low scoring. Again, I mentioned the number that we're at right now, 71.5. It is the highest over-under line ever in this series. The previous high was back in 2012 when it was 64.5 points. Again, I mentioned in the last four meetings, there's been zero overs. There's been three unders. There's been one tie. And in fact, in the last 10 meetings, this series has gone one, eight, and one over under. Again, with that said, I think we see that shootout that people are expecting. USC, remember, uh, very similar characteristics to last season, in which the first half of the season, they were trying to feel themselves on offense. And just like this year, their first six games went two and four over under. But in their last five games, they've had four overs. They've had zero unders. They've had one tie. That tie was last week, and it was a pretty much a bad beat if you had over the total in that Colorado game in which the over-under line was 62, and there were no points scored in the last nine minutes of that game. It ended up as a tie. I kind of call that a little bit of a bad beat, but... Mark, anytime we get two offenses who are averaging 460 or more yards per game on offense and two defenses who are both averaging over 400 yards per game, it's either the over or pass. 
UCLA, number 26 offense, number 124 defense. They're allowing 499 yards per game. They're one of only seven teams in college football that are allowing 490 or more yards per game. USC, number 13 on offense, number 71 on defense. We've got uh, a matchup of what was two preseason Heisman hopefuls in Sam Darnold of USC and Josh Rosen of UCLA. Of course, Darnold's getting his act back together, leading USC to a 45 points per game average in their last three games. Josh Rosen did not play in last year's game, and this could very well be the Brady versus Manning in the NFL for the new generation or the next generation. I think the Trojan secondary is about to get tested again in a big, big way. We know that Washington State's Luke Falk threw for 340 against USC in that big upset win. Even last week, Colorado's uh, Stephen Montez threw for his 376 yards. And I know Rosen's not quite 100% yet, but after missing the Utah game, he threw for 381 yards in that win against Arizona State. We're at 71 right now, 71 and a half. It could very well go up to 74 or 75. I think we see the shootout. We're somewhere in the area of a 44 to 34 final score in this particular game. Should be a lot of fun. 8 o'clock Eastern over the total, UCLA versus UC, uh, USC. Victor goes over the total in the Southern Cal-UCLA football game and get off the ledge play over or nothing in this football game here between these two high-scoring, weak defensive football teams. Uh, being what I mentioned, rivalry week part one with the Trojans and the Bruins this week. And Victor also hit on the fact that these two quarterbacks in Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold, if they both opted to come out this year, and there's talk that Darnold may return to Southern Cal, but if they both opted to come out, they could very well be the number one and number two choices in the Mm -hmm. NFL football draft this year. They're that talented. There's no question about that. UCLA comes into this contest here. Just one in six to the spread is road dogs of more than 10 points. You haven't been competitive as big dogs here of late. And in fact, when they've been playing with Pac-12 revenge, they're just four and 11 straight up into the spread the last 15 times. They do have double revenge in this contest, however, here. They were taken out 36-14 to 14 at home last year. That should prove to be, I think, locker room material for the Bruins in this contest here. Inside the series, you find UCLA 14-8 and eight to the spread when taking three or more points. That number tightens to 10-2 and two to the spread when Southern Cal comes in off a win of 14 or more points. For the Trojans, they're a football team that uh, is playing their last home game of the season. They've been excellent in that role, going 15-6, and six, both straight up and against the spread, 10-0, and 0, straight up and 9-1 and to the spread when they've been favored by eight or more points in final home games of the season. But Southern Cal has really been disappointing as a double-digit home favorite this year. They've been out four times. They lost the money in all four football games. And as Victor mentions, a 400-yard defense, you won't find me laying double digits with a 400-yard defense in a football game, even if I knew the final score of the football game. You're talking about a uh, Southern Cal team that controls its Pac-12 destiny coming into this football game. They can win out and possibly forge their way into the playoffs as a two-loss team. But, again, this is a team that, uh, you go back in my database and I plug this in, UCLA has scored 17 or more points in every game they played this year. They're going to get their 17 points in this football game against this defense as well. Southern Cal, when laying double digits and allowing 17 or more points in a football game, is just 17-44 and 44 to the spread 
when the opponent has revenge here. That's the case for UCLA, and that's the case I'll make for the Bruins. I'll take the points with UCLA in this Pac-12 showdown game for our college football play of the week. Don't you go away. When Victor and I come back, we're going to tear down our NFL game of the week. We've got a beauty in the AFC conference, and we'll also hop out to Las Vegas and check in with our good friend Andy Isco to find out what's going on in Las Vegas this weekend. When we come back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. This is why Mark Lawrence only endorses mybookie.ag. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and G as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. The only football newsletter in America devoted exclusively to NFL over-under totals. The totals tip sheet is a must-read if you're serious about adding extra income to your bankroll this football season. Get exclusive insight on the overs and unders from Victor King, the NFL totals guru at playbook.com. The totals tip sheet has got you totally covered this football season. It's the best reference source of its kind in the nation. Get your totals tip sheet today at playbook.com and enjoy the winners. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread on the NFL and college football cards this week. It's time for our NFL Game of the Week, a beauty inside the AFC Conference when New England takes on Oakland Raiders. This game will be played in Mexico City in that high altitude in Mexico City here between the Patriots and the Raiders. Victor, how do you see this game shaking out this Sunday? Right. It's the last game of the International Series for 2017 Football Americano at Estadio Azteca in Mexico City. Over 7,000-foot elevation. The elevation is key. And I normally would not go over the total in some of these high-elevation games However, with that said, you mentioned it in this week's Playbook newsletter. Andy mentioned it in his newsletter. To acclimate themselves, the Patriots stayed in the state of Colorado after beating the Broncos last Sunday night. They basically have been practicing all week in Colorado Springs to acclimate themselves to the altitude. They should be ready for this game. And on the flip side, Oakland played here last year against the Houston Texans, a game that went over the total. Speaking of over the total, the line has skyrocketed in this game. It opened at 50, and I was pretty shocked this morning to open up the lines and see it had gone up to 53, in some cases 53 and a half. I'm going to still continue to recommend the over at any line less than 55 in this particular game. Of course, we have two of the worst seven defenses in the NFL taking each other on. We already know. New England is ranked last in total defense, allowing 408.3 yards per game. Oakland is not that far behind. They're ranked number 26 overall. And, of course, we have two very good offenses facing each other as well. Again, a lot of these games apply to the games over the across the pond in uh, England. But the NFL neutral site, 
non-division regular season games have gone 12 and three over under now since 2002. They tend to be pretty high scoring, including a perfect eight and zero when the AFC team in the matchup, like the Patriots, is indeed favored. The Raiders, of course, should be healthy. They should be raring to go after their bye week in the last two years. NFL non-division dogs of greater than a field goal have gone a perfect five and zero to the over when the over-under line is 41 or more points. Of course, we know the Patriots. They embarrassed the NFL's number one defense last week, putting up almost 400 yards and 41 points against the Denver Broncos. And, of course, that victory by New England was their third straight win and cover in a row. There's been a tendency in the last few seasons for teams in the second half of the NFL season off three or more straight-up NTS wins in a row. They've gone a perfect 8-0 to the over when the over-under line is 46 or more points. And sealing the deal for us is the fact that Oakland has been a fantastic over team in non-division play. The best team in the league, 21-5-2 over-under in their last eight non-division games, the Oakland Raiders. And the Patriots are no slouches either, Mark. They've gone 17-4 over-under as non-division favorites of less than 10 points in their last seven seasons. Right now, based on the point spread and the over-under number, the predicted final score is New England 30, Oakland 23. Sharp betters know those are dead numbers. A team very rarely scores exactly 30. A team very rarely scores exactly 23. So we're more like a 31-24. Again, I think 55 is the number that we want to draw the line at here. Anything less than that, and we'll take a flyer in a high-scoring game, definitely. But again, only at anything less than 55 points. Should be a lot of fun, a lot of excitement, a late afternoon kickoff, 425 Eastern Time. Raiders and the Patriots over the total. Again, like our college football game, Mark, you're going to probably want to play it as soon as you can as the over-under line will probably do nothing but go up throughout the course of the week. Once again, Victor sees a lot of points in the Patriots-Raiders game. He's going over the total for his side in this football game. As I mentioned here, this game It's what they call Football Americano at Estado Azteca in Mexico City. The stadium, guys, is 2,000 feet above sea level, higher than Broncos Mile High Stadium, 7,000 plus square, or 7,300 square feet, I should say, not square feet, feet above sea level. A very, very high altitude city here this game will be played at here. In fact, New England even stayed in Denver after their football game against the Broncos to better prepare for this football game to get ready for this contest here. The Oakland Raiders played at this stadium last year when they beat Houston in this stadium, so they're kind of semi-acquainted with what they'll be getting into as far as playing football in Mexico City this particular week. New England has really fared terribly in this series against the Oakland Raiders and they haven't been at home at Foxborough. They've covered the spread just two of the last 11 games away from Foxborough games against the Raiders. 0-4 to the spread when they've been playing before a division football game. Oakland Raiders come into the contest here. Uh, 6-2-1 to the spread against teams of the AFC East. They fared rather well against those teams and as you mentioned at the top of the show, on the NFL playoff picture side of things, as the playoffs were to begin this weekend, Oakland will be out of the playoffs right now. They'd be the number eight seed in the playoffs. It's getting to be a little bit of a push-come-to-shove time for the Oakland Raiders to get their act together in gear if they wish to make a reappearance in the playoffs this year. They're on the outside looking in right now as we speak. A week of rest to get ready for the football game should be beneficial for the Raiders as well as Jack Del Rio in his career as a head coach. 
has never lost a game either straight up or the spread in the second half of the season when his team is enjoying a bye week. He's been there three times. He's won and covered all three football games. The bottom line to me in this contest here is the New England football defense it still has holes, especially the rush defense. This is a rush defense that ranks number 25 in the National Football League. They're allowing an astounding 5.0 yards per carry. You don't do that when you lay points in the road of the National Football League here to an Oakland football team that can run the ball with some success on the ground. I'm going to play the Oakland Raiders plus the points against New England. The familiarity of the site, the need for the Oakland Raiders, and the fact that Denver is a long, long way out from home two weeks in a row. I'll grab up the points of the Raiders for my side in this football contest. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, let's hop out to Las Vegas. It's time to join in with our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Andy, a lot going on in the world of sports these days in Las Vegas. How was your week this past week? Hectic and uh, very busy. Results weren't quite what I wanted to see in the NFL this week, and we'll get to that when we talk about the consensus. But uh, uh, college basketball starting up, and of course the big news in Vegas was the groundbreaking ceremony the other day for the new Raiders stadium, making that move a little bit more real as far as occurring by the 2020 season. Uh, But we've got week 11 in the NFL and uh, a little bit of an overview as to how unusual a season this has been. I believe seven teams in the NFL are within one game or have already reached a decision for their season win totals. Yeah, it's amazing, Andy, how these teams have fared that way thus far. You have the upstart teams, the Philadelphia Eagles, the New York Jets, if they're an upstart type team, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, all getting close, like you say, within their season win totals at this point of the season here. And then the other side of the coin are the teams that have been really disappointing and have really uh, haven't even come close to their season win totals. But uh, it makes for an exciting time that way in the National Football League. You mentioned Las Vegas, Andy, and the Oakland Raiders breaking ground for the stadium here. And uh, quite, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, from what I'm seeing with what's developing with the hockey team in Las Vegas, the Oakland Raiders soon to follow here, it appears that there might end up being a built-in home advantage for the, uh, the teams in Vegas, the uh, NHL and the NFL football teams, as it appears to be a party destination for the visiting teams coming to Vegas. And these, <laughs> these teams are faring rather quite well at home, especially the Vegas Knights hockey team. Uh, do you th- expect maybe any of that to be the case for the Raiders football team when that when turns around and all of a sudden they're hosting games and NFL teams are coming in maybe a day early to come in to face the Vegas Raiders? Well, so far the early reports are, and they've used the term the Vegas flu, uh, the affliction that's affected a number of these visiting teams coming in. And I think that's ex- that's uh, uh, explains a lot of the early season success for the Vegas Golden Knights. We're starting to see things even out a little bit when they go on the road. Uh, they're still having some decent success, being very more competitive, but nowhere's near the type of success they've enjoyed at home. You would think that being professionals, you would be able to handle a situation such as a road trip. It's a business trip. But then again, we're all human and we all uh, sometimes succumb succumb to the temptations of being in a city that never sleeps and plenty of action, plenty of activities around the clock. It remains to be seen, but I would think that as time goes on, visitors will have a much better handle on how to take care of business and maybe plan things out a little bit that rather than get here a day early, maybe stay a day late if schedules permit. 
think we're going to end up probably seeing just that. I think there'll be some scheduling accommodations that'll be maybe rearranged. When you go so far as with a an expansion hockey team playing its fourth string goalie and keep knocking opponents down at home, that Vegas flu is uh, <laughs> is obviously taking effect uh, for these visiting teams in Las Vegas. So we'll keep a pulse on that in the world of the National Hockey League and see what happens when it comes NFL time when the Oakland Raiders move to Las Vegas to call Vegas their new home. We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And if you haven't seen Andy's weekly football newsletter, I want to encourage you to do just that. You can download his newsletter at TheLogicalApproach.com or at the PlaybookSuperstore.com website. And Andy, you're on page with Victor King this week. I'm going to let you two maybe handle this a little bit more, uh, if, if you will, here. You're featured... Uh, column in the in your weekly newsletter here is about the NFL totals and looking at it from a different perspective, mm-hmm. looking at Good some stuff. most commonly scored points and whatnot. And uh, I'm going to h- hand it off to Victor and you, Andy, if you, you want to touch a little bit on that, because I thought it would be rather intriguing looking at it from a different perspective about NFL totals. Well, the, the whole point of this uh, series, I think I've got one or two more plans to follow up just looking at NFL totals. And that is that sometimes an approach to take will be looking at the flow of a game, how a game may unfold as far as total points go as a high-scoring, fast-paced game or a low-scoring defensive struggle. But one of the keys to this is that the lines maker is severely limited in the numbers that he can use. Very often, there's a small range of totals. Maybe it goes these days from a low of, let's say, 38 points to a high of, let's say, 51, maybe 52. A couple of times, it'll go over that. So that's a very narrow range. And basically about two-thirds of all totals will fall outside of that narrow range. So if you can isolate on those games that have a tendency to fall below certain numbers or, te- or, or certain matchups that might have a tendency to go above certain numbers, you have an extraordinary opportunity to isolate situations where the historical numbers are with you. Now, this study goes back about 36 seasons, and a lot has changed over the years, but the key numbers remain the key numbers. And I know, Victor, you've done a lot of work on totals as well, and you probably have similar insights, maybe from even a perspective that's different from mine. You know, it's no different than a NFL point spread. We all know what the key numbers are in an NFL game. You get a three, you get a seven, uh, you get ten even key numbers, numbers to play on or against. And a good better doesn't bet on teams. He bets on numbers. He bets on situations. So whenever we talk about totals and, and we talk about key numbers, that's because there is a likelihood that uh, one out of three NFL games will fall on any one of 10 key numbers. And when Mark sent over your newsletter today, I took a look at it. I'm in totally agreement. I love this totally different perspective. 51 is a key number these days. The numbers back in the time used to be 37 and 38 used to be key numbers. But again, you got to remember this, uh, whether it's NFL, whether it's college football, good bettors, they don't bet on teams. They don't bet specifically what happened last week. They bet on numbers and they bet value on numbers. And it's important to understand these key numbers. And let's take a look at one of the numbers that's been a key number over the years. And it still has some validity to it as far as its strength. And it's a common number that we see. And that's the number 41. So to your point, Mm -hmm. Victor, you don't want to play a game under 40 and a half 
or over 41 and a half uh, when their 41s are available because those numbers, you know, 41 is a 21-20, 24-17, 27-14. A number of very common combinations will fall on that number 41. So to your point about betting on numbers, you want to know what bad numbers are. Bad numbers are playing under 40 and a half or over 41 and a half. And you can make the same case with, say, a 51 or a 40 or a 44. Similar numbers that you need to shop, you need to be patient, and if your number doesn't come along, you just have to pass that game. Now, the mm-hmm. game may end up missing the number by 20 points on the upside or the downside, but over the large number of times that you may play games right on that number, you will hurt yourself by playing over numbers that are a half point higher than a key number and hurt yourself by playing under numbers that are half point below a key number. Good stuff. We're we're visiting with Andy Isco and Victor King talking about NFL football totals, looking at it from a different perspective. Andy hits on it in his weekly newsletter, TheLogicalApproach.com. You can download that, as I mentioned, at his website at TheLogicalApproach.com or ThePlaybookSuperstore.com to get a better handle on what Victor and Andy are talking about when it comes to handicapping NFL football totals these days. Andy, the NFL contest at the Superbook at the Westgate uh, last week, uh, again, uh, as I understand, I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here again, but it looked like uh, the consensus took it on the chops again last week. Uh, How did it all shake out as far as your numbers went? Well, I, I think, Mark, that's why you had us talk about totals. We were putting off the inevitable discussion about the NFL Super Contest for maybe as long as, as possible. But, yes, it was another very difficult week for the overall consensus. In fact, uh, coming into last week, the consensus was at 17-28. and 28. Last week, the consensus was 1-4. and four. The lone winner were the Los Angeles Rams laying the 12 points against the Houston Texans. However, the losers and the largest one of the week, over 1,100, almost 1,200 contestants, had Buffalo plus 3 against New Orleans. The consensus also lost with the Redskins plus 1 against the Vikings. Lost with the Jaguars laying the 3.5, just missing by the hook. There's another instance of a key number and a half point this time from sides. Lost with the Jaguars laying the 3.5 against the Chargers. Also lost with the Jets laying the two and a half against the Buccaneers. And of course, that was actually a late move. And it was surprising that uh, it occurred after the deadline for the consensus for the selections to be submitted, as the Bucks ended up generally going off as one point favorites, meaning if that number had existed 24 to 48 hours earlier, a lot of people would have taken the Bucks plus two and a half. But the contest lines are static. When they come out on Wednesday afternoons, Las Vegas time, they remain steady despite any line movements on the actual betting board. So for the season, the consensus 18 and 32, that's 36%. Looking at the breakdown of favorites and underdogs when the favorite in a game is the consensus selection, the more popular selection, those results three, six, and one last week. That brings the season to date results to 32 46 and 1. When the side, the underdog side in the game is the more popular selection, that was 0 and 4 last week. And after having a very strong start with underdogs for the season, the underdogs, when they are the consensus pick in a game, 27, 34, and 2. The two picking games, the uh, the contestants were correct on one, incorrect on one. There was one game that was evenly split this year, and thus for the season, last week overall the consensus plays 3-10-1, for the season. As far as the leaders go, we're starting to see some similarities between uh, the 
regular contest and the and the super contest gold as far as that magic 60% number is concerned in the regular super contest there's one leader at 34 and a half points which equates to 69% there are two contestants a half point back at 34 then there's one contestant at 33 and a half overall 42 contestants are at 31 or more points. That's 62%. All of those are currently in payoff position. There are 67 contestants at 30 and a half points. Uh, they will share the final eight playing paying positions, 43 through 50. And finally, the overall, there are 102 contestants at 30 points or more. That's 60%. So 102 out of almost 2,750 contestants. That works out to 10 weeks into the season. Just 3.7% of the field has managed to hit 60% or more. As far as the Super Contest Gold, what's interesting, I'll get to it in a moment, compare it to the regular contest. The leader is at 33 points, 33 and 17. That's 66%, slightly below the 69% uh, being done by the leader in the regular contest. However, that 33 and points, the 33 points in the gold is good for a two and a half point lead over the second place contestant who has 30 and a half points. And finally, one contestant is at 30 points, which again, 60%, 50 picks into the season, meaning that only three of the 94 contestants in the winner take all super contest gold are even managing to hit 60%. What's interesting, the three of the 94 equates to 3.2%, very similar to the 3.7% that are hitting 60% in the regular contest. So for those folks out there who are thinking 60% is pretty easy, we are barely over half the halfway point in the season, and yet less than 5% of the contestants, some of whom put up $5,000, most of whom put up $1,500 for the regular contest, less than 5% have managed to hit 60%, putting in five selections a week. Astonishing numbers, Andy, here for uh, people that would maybe be reported to be sharps or have an edge uh, risking to put this kind of money up in competition with less than 5% of everybody in both contests winning at a 60, less than a 60% rate on the season here. That's rather staggering, to say the least. Maybe it's a little bit of an, a tribute to the way that the games have shaken out this football season here. But nonetheless, Vegas is winning when it comes to this contest here. Uh, we're talking with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com, getting an overview of what's going on at the Westgate Superbook Contest here. And Andy, talking about the Westgate Superbook Contest, as Jay Carnegie does each and every week, he sends out what he calls an advance line of football games from one week to the next. What adjustments, Andy, have you seen that might be noteworthy for our listeners on this week's card? Well, perhaps uh, one of the biggest adjustments we've seen that is not injury-related has occurred in the Kansas City-New York Giants game. Kansas City off the bye, and I'm sure you've talked about it before many times, Andy Reid's tremendous record coming out of a bye week, both with Philadelphia and now with Kansas City. They are at the New York Giants, who played another ugly game in that 31-21 loss at San Francisco that was not as close as that 10-point final margin might suggest. Even before last week's action, Kansas City was projected or actually available to bet as a nine and a half point road favorite. That's a staggering number uh, for a road favorite these days in the NFL. Uh, however, based upon what we saw in San Francisco by the New York Giants, when that line came out Sunday afternoon, Kansas City was a 13 and a half point road favorite. Wow. 
and it didn't take very long. That number has come down. It's still higher than the nine and a half that was available a week ago. But Kansas City, a ten and a half point road favorite at the New York Giants in midweek. And again, no real injury concerns related to that one. The game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Miami Dolphins, that was the game originally scheduled for the opening week of the season. Hurricane Irma uh, caused that one to be postponed. And so what would have been a bye week this week for both Tampa Bay and Miami, good fortune as far as the schedule maker is concerned so that they didn't have to play it, they could make it up without much difficulty, is being played this week. Last week, Miami was a three-and-a-half-point home favorite against Tampa Bay. Uh, following this week's results, where Tampa Bay won at home 15-10 to 10 over the Jets, and Miami lost Monday night at Carolina 45-21. When that line came up Sunday afternoon after Tampa Bay's game was over and before the Monday night game with uh, Miami and Carolina, Miami had been adjusted down slightly due to Tampa Bay's win, a three-point favorite. That game came off on Monday, and when the game went back up following the 45-21 loss at Carolina, the game opened a pick'em. So a three-point adjustment based upon the Monday night result. That line, however, has gone back to Miami, but now just a one-point favorite. So still a significant adjustment uh, between what was available last week and even what opened up Sunday night and then the Monday night game uh, causing the, the adjustment on Tuesday morning. Los Angeles Rams at Minnesota Vikings, two of the more uh, surprising teams this year. The Rams off a 33-7 home win against Houston. Minnesota off a 38-30 win at Washington. Last week, Minnesota was a three-point home favorite in this contest. Didn't really see to, to, for there to be much of a reason to adjust that number since both teams won very nicely. However, when the line came up Sunday evening, Minnesota was now off that key number of three. They were actually a two-and-a-half-point home favorite instead of three. And if that seemed a little bit surprising that the number should have perhaps stayed on three, the bettors agreed with the change because that line has actually been bet down now to Minnesota a two-point home favorite in this matchup between a pair of seven and two teams, and that suggests possibly a preview of a game that could be played come playoff season. Cincinnati at Denver, another interesting situation, only because we didn't see much of an adjustment at all. Cincinnati lost 24-20 uh, in uh, their game against Tennessee at Tennessee. Denver, of course, Sunday night lost badly at home to New England, 41-16. The Broncos were two-and-a-half-point favorites last week before any games were played. Uh, after the Cincinnati loss and before the Sunday night game, Denver remained a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and actually they were bet up to three before the game was taken off the boards. When Denver lost as badly as they did to uh, New England Sunday night, you might have thought there'd be an adjustment from that opening Sunday afternoon line of two-and-a-half, but no. That line opened on Monday morning and remains with Denver still that same two-and-a-half-point home favorite. I heard you talk about the New England-Oakland game in Mexico City. New England, of course, winning 41-16 Sunday night. Oakland off its bye week. The line was New England by six at the neutral site last week when the line went up on Sunday evening before the Patriots had played, and even with Oakland still on its bye, the line was actually adjusted. New England shaded down a little bit to five-and-a-half-point favorites. The game came off. After the Sunday night game on Monday morning, New England went right back up as a five-and-a-half-point favorite, bet up to six-and-a-half where it sits at the time of uh, recording this podcast. And finally, the Sunday night game, an intriguing game between Philadelphia and Dallas. Philadelphia off of its bye week. Dallas went into Atlanta, lost 27-7 to to the Falcons. Philadelphia was a one-point road favorite prior to this week's actions. 
They didn't play. Dallas lost badly at Atlanta for a number of reasons, many of which were injury-related. That line went back up with Philadelphia favorite, but you might have thought the adjustment would have been to three, but no, that adjustment came up. Philadelphia, a three-and-a-half-point road favorite. They went right past the three. And yet, as of midweek, there's been no uh, adjustment in that line, maybe a little bit to the VIG back and forth, minus 120 to the even, but that line has not come down to three. Philadelphia remains a three-and-a-half-point favorite based largely on the Dallas loss on Sunday and the injury concerns and suspension concerns uh, that were actually known prior to that game. So those are the more interesting moves, more significant moves of this past week based upon what we saw last week and the teams that had buys. Once again, a good handful of line adjustments on the NFL football games this week compared to last week's send-out by Jay Cornegay at the Westgate Las Vegas Superbook, reported by Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Andy, I know Victor's got a question he wanted to run by you on the show this week as well, if you would. I do, Mark, and uh, in your earlier question to Andy, you kind of threw one in my wheelhouse in regards to totals. Let me do you a solid and throw one back your way and get you guys' impression. I'm not asking for a free selection or anything, but Andy briefly touched on this Kansas City-New York Giants game, and we talked earlier about you're not necessarily betting on teams or against teams a sharp better. You're betting on numbers, and Again, Andy mentioned the Chiefs open minus 13. They're down to 10 and a half, 10, and the Lions come down two to three points. Despite the fact that 80 to 85% of all cash is on the Chiefs, 90 to 94% of all tickets are on the Chiefs, yet the line has come down two and a half to three points. I've got the NFL database open, double digit home underdogs in the history of our database, which goes back to 1980 have hit at a very solid 60%. In the last eight seasons, double-digit home underdogs have gone 25-10 and 10 against the spread, 70%. There's already been two cases this season. Cleveland at home against Pittsburgh in week one covered the spread. Indianapolis just last week, home against Pittsburgh, covered the spread. You're not necessarily playing on the Giants in this game. You're potentially holding your nose. And you're playing a number. Andy, your impression on the fact that the Lions come down three points, yet all this early square money is on the Chiefs. Well, Victor, I think a lot of it has to do with exactly what you said, the historical success of playing double-digit home underdogs in the NFL, going back a very long time and going back, as you say, the last seven, eight seasons. And I think we've seen a lot of that sharp money come in when that line came up at 13 and a half. Because remember, if you're a double-digit home underdog, it could be for a number of reasons. It could be an injury concern. It could be teams such as the Giants, who many suggest may have given up on the season. It may just be a huge difference in the uh, talent between the two teams. And I think that as a result, you can't really make any specific uh, suggestions as to why a certain game is being played other than the fact that a double-digit home underdog is a huge disparity between teams in a league where there is a closed universe. The talent between the best team and the worst team is not that great, as a lot of people would suggest. Very often, it's management or mismanagement in many cases, uh, franchises that don't really have much of a plan. Uh, you do have players that are getting injured, of course, a lot uh, during the season. Uh, the problem with me for this game, as far as playing the home underdog right now, is that you've missed out on the best number. You've missed out right. on that plus 13 or plus 13 and a half. I don't know that I could suggest anyone to go lay the points with Kansas City because you are quote unquote 
getting the best of the number. You didn't have to, you don't have to lay 13, 13 and a half. You only have to lay 10. But I'd be a little bit reluctant at this point to take the double digits with the New York Giants. However, knowing what the public tends to do, I would not be surprised if come game day, come say 12 to 24 hours prior to kickoff, we start seeing some Kansas City money coming in. So I think that if you want to play the New York Giants, you either wait to see if that line goes back up or you stay away from the game. Much like we talked about in totals, if you miss the good numbers, uh, the key numbers, you end up hurting yourself in the long run. The difference that we have as betters versus what the bookmakers have is that the bookmakers have to put up lines on every game. We don't have to play every game. We can pick and choose. And so if there's a game that doesn't meet our criterion or a, or a game that uh, has gone by a number that we felt was key and was important for us to play and doesn't appear that it's coming back, you pass that one and you go on to the next one. But getting right back to the uh, basics of your question, Victor, yes, playing double-digit home dogs generally the way to go. You pointed out the uh, two situations already this year, both involving uh, the uh, uh, the Indianapolis Colts Steelers. at home getting. Uh, excuse me, the go, going against the uh, uh, the Steelers, right, in Cleveland and uh, and at Indianapolis last week. And uh, you know you can make a case the same thing for Kansas City. Now maybe part of it that we will we, we will see the number go back up is that as you get close to the weekend and you listen to the ESPN shows and those others, they will all be talking about Andy Reid's great results coming off of a bye. And that's why I would suggest that if you like to play the double-digit home underdog, we may see a tick up in that line because the public, who may not be uh, paying attention to the NFL this early in the week in such great detail, will be paying attention come the weekend and we'll all hear about Andy Reid's great record off the bye. That could be worth an extra point or two. Spot-on analysis by Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. Victor King from King Creole Sports talking about the Kansas City-New York Giants football game this Sunday. And uh, just before we hand it off to Andy with his complimentary play, guys, on that subject matter here, I want to add, uh, if I may, this on that particular football game. Andy, Andy mentions everybody talks about Andy Reid and how successful he's been in his career off a of bye week, and he's been terrific. There's no question about that. 18-3 and three straight up, 15-6 and six to the spread. But he's only laid double digits two times coming off a of bye week. He split the money out going one and one in those games. The other part of this equation that I'll also hit on here is that if you take a look at the Kansas City Chiefs, they are not playing their best football of the season. This team got out of the gate tremendously this year. They went 5-0 and oh straight up into the spread out of the gate. They become a very popular public football team. Since then, they're only 1-3 and three straight up and against the spread, losing the yards in all four of those football games. They are not hitting on all cylinders, the Kansas City Chiefs, as we're speaking right now. And I agree wholeheartedly with Andy that if this game hits or gets back to an opening number of 13.5, that's when you have to make your play in the New York Giants. Get the clothespin out, play the Giants, plus the points if you can get the value on the football game. Because when push comes to shove, everything is about value in, in beating the spread in this in this world of handicapping games. And if the, this number reaches 13.5, I'll be in the Giants Back to the opening number in this contest. With that being said, Andy, I'm going to hand it off to you with your complimentary play on the football show this week. Another winning effort for you last week, the Cincinnati Bengals. What are you looking at on tap this week in the NFL? 
I'm going to go to that Sunday night game I touched upon with the line adjustments between Dallas and Philadelphia. I mentioned a week ago the uh, line had Philadelphia by one. Uh, Dallas uh, had some difficulty. Sean Lee, the de- uh, defensive uh, linebacker, uh, left that game, is unlikely to participate this week. And, of course, uh, uh, Smith, the uh, tackle who protects Dak Prescott, was out last week, and we saw Prescott got sacked eight times as the uh, replacements did not do an adequate job. Uh, Smith is expected back this week, although we're not sure he's not expected to have practiced on Wednesday, but uh, uh, Jason Garrett indicates that uh, signs point to his returning. Nonetheless, the Cowboys will have had that week off to uh, make the adjustments necessary. And of course, the certainty with Ezekiel Elliott now being out as opposed to being a late week uh, determination last week at least adds an air of, uh, uh, an air of certainty uh, to the situation for what will now be the next five weeks. So a little bit more stability with the uh, uh, with the uh, Dallas Cowboys. So I'm going to take Dallas at that plus three and a half. I think it's a little bit too much of an overreaction. Andy Isco on the Dallas Cowboys taking advantage of the plus three and a half points for his complimentary play on the show this week. Andy, once again, a great job on the show. I'm going to wish you the very best of luck this week, and we'll look forward to visiting you with next week here on the show. May the ball bounce your way. Victor, Mark, have a great weekend. Always a pleasure. Look forward to some uh, some great results this weekend. Thanks, Andy. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was Andy Esco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I are going to put the final wraps on the show. I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week and our complimentary plays when we're back with the final edition segment here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Have your morning coffee with Mark Lawrence each day when you join his all-new coffee club. Delivered in your email box the very first thing every morning, Mark shares with you his first take on the daily sports scene, ranging from top situational plays to handicapping tips and commentary from fellow coffee club members. It's a quick must-read for the serious sports fan. Join the coffee club today at playbook.com and have your morning coffee with Mark each and every day. You'll be glad you did. Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. This is why Mark Lawrence only endorses mybookie.ag. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need guaranteed that's my bookie.a as an apple and g as in games tell them mark lawrence sent you only the biggest only the best only at mybookie.ag sign up today and now the moment you've been waiting for from the hot south florida sun it's mark lawrence with his awesome angle of the week all right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week. And we're going right back to what won for us last week. If you played Navy early in the week, you had a winning play against SMU. That game kind of got crashed on Saturday as the line went against Navy. But early on in the week, when the game set at plus four, you had a winning play with Navy in our awesome angle last week. We called it last home game bummer. And we're coming right back with it this week. We're playing against any college football favorite in their last home game of the season. Off a straight-up favorite loss last week, 
if they're taking on a 500 or greater opponent that is not off a double-digit spread loss. These plays are now 28-9 and nine against the spread. That's a solid 76% winning angle. We'll play against the Georgia Bulldogs in a bubble burst roll in our last home game bummer roll. We'll play against Georgia for a complimentary awesome angle play on the football card this week. And with that, I'm going to hand it off to Victor King from King Creole Sports. Victor, if you would remind our listeners all about the new NBA totals today, available every day on the playbook.com website and what you've got going on this week at King Creole Sports. You know, our website, playbook.com, it's like newsletter central these days. It's like that old uh, newsletter stand that you'd see at a bus station or a train station with required reading. Of course, we got the Playbook newsletter this week. We've got the Midweek Alert newsletter, which will be available a little later today on Wednesday. We've got the NFL totals tip sheet as well. And uh, one more addition to the family has been the Playbook NBA totals today, one-page newsletter. And while I got a minute, let's talk a little bit about basketball and NBA basketball specifically. I'm on the Sports Monitor website, and Mark has come out of the gate with an 8-4 and four record in the NBA to start the season. Very nicely done at 67%. We've gotten a real good handle on the NBA over-unders early in the season as our King Creole service has gone 7-1 and one in NBA over-unders. We had a real nice tag team on Monday night. When Mark had a three-star play in the Portland Trailblazers as they were hosting the Denver Nuggets, and our service was on under in the same game. Both sides hit. It was a 99-82 to 82 final score. An easy win for Portland, an easy win for the under. It would have been a nice game to play both sides on, parlay on, tease on. So we're getting a really good feel for NBA pro basketball. And for me, this is significantly earlier than I ever would have handicapped the NBA in the past. And it's all because of this totals today that we've created in the NBA in which we offer during this month of November each day's PDF file downloaded for free at the playbook.com website. We've already got the new one up for Wednesday, November 15th as we record the podcast. It's available every day for free except on Thursdays. That's my day off. Once we get into the December and January months, We may consider actually charging for it, but we've got a very good reception during the first month of the NBA season. We've got two more weeks of free downloads for the NBA totals today, and you can get it every morning. It's posted just after 12 noon Eastern on the front page of the playbook.com website. And with that said, Mark, we've got a big five-star in the NFL this week, our five-star NFL game of the month. Back in September, our five-star game of the month was... uh, Over the total in the L.A. Rams-Dallas Cowboys game, that was an easy winner. Then in October, we came back with a five-star over the total in the Oakland Raiders-Buffalo Bills game. That was a winner. We got another one going this week in the last two seasons in college football and in the NFL. Our five-star slash ten-star games of the month or games of the year have now gone 10-2-1 ATS. And this big five-star, we're going to post it up nice and early this evening by Wednesday evening at the playbook.com website. And with that said, Mark, we're going to go to a game that uh, Andy touched on. He likes the Cowboys plus the points in the Sunday night NBC TV game. We like the under in the same game and the over under line open at 47. It's gone up to 48 and a half, 49. 
I think you might get be, be able to get a 49 or even a 50 by the time the game kicks off on Sunday night. And we're going to be going under the total in this particular game. If it was a Thursday game, if it was a Monday game, we might be a little bit gun shy at the top of the show. We talked about the fact that the Thursday and Monday games had gone 15 and six over under, but the Sunday night games split right down the middle at five and five over under. And of course with Philadelphia laying points on the road in this one, we're going to follow a pattern that's already gone 0 and 5 over under this season and 1 and 10 in the last 12 months. That's 1 over 10 unders. All division games, when the road team is favored, like the Eagles, and the over under line is greater than 46 points. Yes, I'm aware that Philadelphia put up 51 points at home against Denver before their bye week. But NFL teams off their bye week who scored 40 or more at home in their last game have gone 1-9 and nine over under since 2009. Of course, on tap for the Cowboys next week is their annual Turkey Day home game. In the last three seasons of the NFL, division teams who have a Thursday game the next week have gone 2-12 and 12 over under when the over under line is less than 51 points. You know, last Sunday, the Falcons exposed just how bad this Dallas offense could be without their main man, Ezekiel Elliott. They only had seven points. They only had 233 total offensive yards against the best run defense in the league, and that's Philadelphia, who allows only 66.4 rushing yards per game. That makes Dallas a one-dimensional, non-threat one that should be pretty easily defensible. And, of course, with another meeting between these two teams coming late in the season, the Eagles won't run up the score in this one either. So we're going under in the Sunday night game between the Eagles and the Cowboys. And don't forget, Mark, five-star NFL game of the month, a game going over the total. It'll be available on the website as early as Wednesday evening. Victor King goes under the total in the Dallas-Philadelphia big football game Sunday night for his complimentary play on the show this week. And once again, if you haven't yet checked out the NBA totals today, do so now online at playbook.com. It's posted free. All you need to do is click on the NBA totals today on the homepage and download your copy free of charge compliments of Victor King on the playbook.com website daily. Other than Thursdays, Victor says it's his day off, but we still see him in the office on Thursdays, his day <laughs> off nonetheless. <laughs> but uh, check that out, the NBA totals today online at playbook.com. Also, Victor's big five-star NFL totals game of the month going Sunday. You don't want to miss that on a red-hot 10-2-1 winning run. All available at playbook.com. Before I get to my complimentary play on the show, once again, a quick note. A reminder from our friends at mybookie.ag, they're offering a 50% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 to all listeners who log on at mybookie.ag. Sign up a bonus count today or call toll-free at 1-844-866-BETS. That's 1-844-866-2387. Use the promo code PLAYBOOK to get your 50% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 this weekend at mybookie.ag. This is a big weekend also for yours truly, featuring my five-star college football game of the month. The big news, it's part of a $99 football weekend of winners once again, as always, at playbook.com. Or if you're a Playbook Football Newsletter subscriber, you get it free of charge this weekend, along with all of my late phone football selection plays, all by being a subscriber to the Playbook Football Newsletter. To take advantage, subscribe to the Playbook Football Newsletter today at playbook.com, and you'll be in line for a free weekend of my late fall football service, including the big five-star 
College Football Game of the Month. You can do it all online at playbook.com or call me toll-free to take advantage at 1-800-321-7777. My complimentary play on the football card as we sign off on the show this week will be right from the Playbook Football Newsletter. We're going to go inside the Conference USA matchup down here in South Florida. As we look out the window, we see Florida International taking on Florida Atlantic, a battle of the Shula Bowl down here in South Florida here. This is a great handicapping statistical matchup, given the fact that Florida Atlanta comes in on a winning run here. We call them FAU. We call them fat. And they are a fat football team right now because they're on a six-game win streak. They beat the spread five of those six football games despite the fact they've been out-yarded their last three contests. And in fact, in their game win against Louisiana Tech last week, they allowed the Bulldogs a season-high 511 yards in that inside-out win. They are leaking oil right now, despite the fact that Florida Atlantic is fat as we speak. On the flip side, Florida International, who we call FIT, comes into this football game, and they are a fit football team. They were upset last week as double-digit favorites, but they won the stats in that football game. So this is a double inside-out stat affair featuring a, featuring a double-digit underdog in Florida International playing with revenge, no less, in this rivalry matchup here. It's got everything you need and more. We'll play Florida International plus the points in our fit versus fat matchup for our complimentary play on the show this week. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence. I want to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports, our good friend Andy Isco, joining us from Las Vegas from TheLogicalApproach.com. And until next week, once again, for our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always. <laughs>